We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yes, what's good, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Veterans Minimum. I'm your host, Nick Dayas. At Nick Dayas 10 is where you can find me. Veteransminimum.com is where you can find everything for Veterans Minimum. Before we get into this episode, I got to give a shout out to the members of the Patreon. We got Nick Chavez, Ben Kotzian, Christopher Villasquez. I met him the other day. Shouts to Chris, man. Thanks for showing love. Stopped by the studio while he was in Vegas, and he said, dude, for like two years, you've been saying my name wrong. So hopefully I got it correct there, though I do think I might have butchered that also. We'll hear from him in a little bit. Uh, Derek Platees, Devin Rendon, Jordan Riley, Mike Wozniak, Nick Crummich, and Thomas Robinson. Thank you all for your contributions to the Patreon. I'm excited for this episode. My guy is back, back-to-back weeks. Kenny bets big on Instagram. My dude, Kenny. Kenny, what's good, bro? Welcome back. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me back on the show. Excited uh, to follow up, you know, last week with another crazy pick like the Jets. Um, How'd you do this week? It was a very good week. Very good week. I got to give you a a round of applause because I locked in the Jets when you when you said it in the in the show last week. You're like, dude, that's a lot of points. And it goes back to one of my basic principles of betting. It's like almost blindly. That's why that Panthers game pisses me off still, Kenny, when they played the Bucks. It's like double-digit home dog in division. I'm going to take them almost by default. So I did pretty well. I went 3-1-1 one, and one in my contest. Uh, hit a couple of anytime TD props. Finally got my pops, the OG, to put the bet in the right way. And of course, it doesn't hit Kenny. But <laughs> overall, man, you know, it's never good enough, like I like to say. But how about you, dude? Yeah, no, definitely never good enough. Uh, I had LSU on Saturday. I had them big on the spread, but again, regretting I didn't didn't fire on the money line. And Sunday, uh, we talked about it on the show last week. I loved the Jets. And even after after that game, hitting the Jets, I'm like sitting there at home thinking like, damn, why didn't I bet the money line? It was had so much value to it, plus 400. Um, 
but it is what it is. Also, I don't know if you saw, I'm a little upset that I, I, I missed out. I guess I wasn't in. I'm not in, in the know in the UFC. And uh, there's a crazy fixing. Did you see that? Apparently, there's like a big investigation going on. Man, it's, uh, yeah. And I got, man, I got to be a little careful with this because that's my guy, James Krause. He's been on the show many times. He is the coach over at Glory MMA. But it's interesting, dude, because there was a conversation with the UFC. They just put out a memo a couple of weeks ago about fighters can't bet on their fights anymore because there was a little funky shit going on. And then also they wanted to get family members from betting on fights, the insider information. And there was a fight featuring Derek Minner, who was a plus 190 underdog pretty much for a couple of like a couple of weeks now. And then I think about an hour before the fight, Kenny, it goes from plus 190 to plus 330. The props, oh, <laughs> the props dropped, the under dropped. And it was like, dude, that is the only time you see some shit like that go down is when you do have some sort of information. If a line moves along the lines like it did over a long period of time, that is not shady. That makes sense. Like, if there's a fight that they announce now, which they often do, like they just announced Figueredo and Moreno, they're fighting in Brazil for the fourth time. They announced that like two weeks officially. That's the January pay-per-view. If over the next eight weeks until that fight, you see the line moving, that's like, all right, man, the professionals are coming in, the public's coming in. But when it's like an hour before cage time, dude, it's sketchy, man. And it's just, it's super sketchy when you're looking at this fight. Definitely. But the one thing I will say is the line movement could also be like, I'll be honest, you know, I, I follow the UFC. I'm not a, like probably uh, as much of an expert as you are on the UFC, but on those fights, some of those fights, you know, smaller fights, there may not be a ton of action on them. Right. Like, I mean, I, I don't know what the numbers look like for, for the, the handle, you know, for that fight. But if let's say someone just puts a $20,000 wager, maybe a $50,000 wager on the other guy is the favorite there could be such little money in that pool that could move the line potentially in, in a drastic way. And I'll give you a personal experience. I have a, a buddy of mine who fought on the Dana White contender series. So he opened up as an underdog, me and all my boys, we just started betting him and his line moved so drastically. We weren't putting crazy money on it, but just because the, the, the money pool was so small on, on that fight, our bets moved the line so drastically. He ended up closing it as a pretty big favorite, uh, unfortunately he got hurt in the fight and lost. Um, so didn't, didn't hit our bets, but that's just an example of, of maybe why the line moves so drastically. But then when you hear that he comes out and he got hurt and stuff like that, it does seem very fishy, right? Yeah. And especially with James Krause, who has been on many different outlets saying that he's building out his own brand and it's a MMA picks brand. He does a betting show as well. And then when you factor in that he's the head coach and apparently it's, it's being rumored heavily in the mean streets of Twitter from many different outlets that he alerted his Discord members too that are paying a fee to maybe look at a different direction or those bets are off. So we're not going to hear the last of this, man, because you know this being in the sports betting world, how people have always worried about these kind of things, these shenanigans and people sort of colluding outcomes or influencing lines in a negative way like we see here.
I'm sure you've heard this all the time, like you being a professional sports better and just being in the sports betting industry. Hasn't this always been like the integrity of the game? And I'm doing air quotes because I know we kind of disagreed on it last week, but how do you feel about that? Disagreed on what, as far as like it being fixed to a degree? Yeah. Like everyone always worries about the integrity of the sport and there being a fix. I don't, I don't necessarily buy into that. Has there been shady stuff in the past? Like we mentioned the Arizona state scandal in the early nineties, Boston college, uh, those shady Hawaii 1130 Eastern time in, in, in back in the East coast games and then you had Juventus overseas in Syria when they had all that crazy stuff. There's some great documentaries on Netflix about this, but it things like this happen and then people get validated by their concerns about the integrity of the sport. Right. And you know, not to hopefully hopefully no one gets in trouble, but do you remember the story I told you last week about the the Matt Schnell fight? Uh yeah, kind of, but reiterate it. So uh, a couple months back, I, again, I'm not a, a UFC guy. So uh, Matt Schnell was fighting some Asian fighter, a huge, big, big popular Asian guy. I think he may have even been undefeated at the time. And one of my buddies texted me and said, hey, uh, I heard that this Asian fighter actually tore his ACL in training, um, but he's going to continue. He's going to fight anyway tomorrow. So Matt Schnell was a big underdog at that point. I, of course, I he's fighting a guy with a torn ACL. I got to bet the other guy. Um, so yeah, you know, you, you hear things like that and then they fight a couple hours after the fight. Uh, it, it gets announced on Twitter that the Asian guy tore his ACL and he's going to be out for a few months and he's got to get surgery to repair it. So yeah, I mean, stuff like that definitely happens. If, if I'm finding out stuff like that, imagine the guys who are really in the know and, you know, training with these guys every day. Like we saw a couple weeks ago, TJ Dillashaw, his shoulder pops out. And, you know, he talked about it after how it, he knew it was going to pop out. Well, well, dude, if you knew it was going to pop out, why are you fighting? Like people are betting on you, yourself in harm's way going into a fight where you know you're probably going to get injured. Um, so, yeah, it, it's pretty crazy to, to see stuff like that. And then it makes it hard to bet on, right? Like how, you, you just don't know. Yeah, I love that you brought up TJ Dillashaw because that's where my mind, many, my mind went immediately because he had said that he, his shoulder popped out like 20 different times in camp. And it's weird, right? Because I get why he did it. Because he went and he made weight. He already got his purse. Then he's going to get pay-per-view points. So from a financial standpoint, I get why he didn't pull out the fight because you're paying all these expenses. Like, do you hear some horror stories about how some of these fighters are compensated? But especially with him, who's been a champion, he's a big name. He's going to generate a lot more money. But you're right, dude. As someone who was, I was on Sterling, but... Also with TJ Dillashaw, it's like 30 seconds into that fight, you knew that he was drawing dead. And now just moving forward, he's probably not going to get a title shot again. But it's just, it's it's very funky when it comes to fighting. And this isn't going to be the last time we hear about this thing going on, man. But I do want to transition into the NFL. Uh, I want to ask you real quick. Bro. Yeah, go ahead. ask you one more question. Absolutely. As, as someone who bets, you know, because you bet, you've, we've talked, you bet pretty heavy on the UFC, you know, every card you say, right? You, you're putting fire and bets on, on the UFC card. Yeah. Yeah. So hearing stuff like this, does this change what you do going forward as, as a better? Like, are you more hesitant to lay big money on fights? Are you more, you know, maybe hesitant to even bet, bet some of these cards at all? It's an interesting question, man, because you always hear fighters after the fact will say, ah, man, I think I, you know, 
ruptured my Achilles, maybe not ruptured an Achilles, but you know, uh, I broke my hand or, you know, I sprained my knee in camp, uh, my shoulders off. I've had back pains. You always hear those. And then sometimes you come out positive on that, right? That's used as Connor famously had blown out his knee and he still went on and fought Chad Mendez. Uh, there's been issues like that in the past where it's worked the other way. So how do you combat that? Right. I don't, I don't have an answer to it, but you're right. I, I had friends immediately hit me up Saturday and they're like, dude, I'm never betting UFC again. Like everyone was betting uh, uh, Manier, uh props and, you know, the fight doesn't go, which ended up cashing. But it, it's fair to be skeptical when some shit like that happens. It, yeah, especially as betting becomes so prevalent. Like we talked about it last week before the show, as betting becomes, it's getting bigger and bigger. It's getting legalized, you know, and, Soon it will be probably legal in every state. It's not even close to every state yet. And look how big it is. Imagine when it's legal in every in all 50 states, right? It's going to be huge. Um, so you, you, you have to think. these. We hear about it all the time. The UFC fighters are not paid a ton. They don't have health insurance. Like as you're at the tail end of your career, like a TJ Dillashaw or someone like that, like what's to stop you from going in there, telling your boys, hey, bet the house against me or something like that and just taking a dive, you know, like – yeah, you just don't know. Dude, last thing I'll say on this, when Weidman fought Anderson Silva and he won the title, because Chris Weidman is a Long Island guy, and a right. lot of my buddies out there, well, I wasn't friends with them at the time. They're some of the guys that moved the lines, because you're right. They were just, you know, he was like a 7-1 to one underdog, and then it ended up closing to like plus 300 for Weidman. But it's like these dudes were all just throwing money on your homie. You know, my buddy, one of my good friends, Jared Gordon, He's fighting in a month in Vegas against Patty Pimblett. Patty Pimblett opened up as a two-to-one favorite, and rightfully so because he has the persona and he has Barstool is backing him also. But I know a lot of people that are professional UFC betters and even some fighters too that are like, yo, Jared shouldn't be that big of an underdog. It is the biggest test for him. So you do have that dynamic as well, which it makes it fun. But also, again, I go back to it, man. I understand why people are skeptical. Is Jared Gordon the guy who bet his whole purse on himself the one fight? No, nah, no, nah, he hasn't done that. Okay. Yeah, no, nah, he, okay. he he won't do that. He's a lot smarter with his money, too, and he definitely <laughs> don't want to do that risk. Uh, I want to get into the NFL, dude. And one of the games that I definitely want to talk about, and it kind of ties into a little bit of a look ahead, but we both were we both on the Cardinals this weekend, Kenny? Unfortunately, yes. Man, they, they're tough to watch, right? Especially when you're betting on them. It's just a, you're banging your head on the wall. Dude, it was such, I felt like it was such a good spot, right? They're playing the Seahawks who, out of nowhere, it's like Geno Smith is MVP and they might be a dark horse to win the NFC because the NFC is weak. They're, are they going to win their division? And their rookie corner is in the top four or five. I think, I think even higher. I think Woolen is like top, Number two. Number two behind uh, Sauce yeah. Gardner for Rookie so. of the Year. Kenneth Walker is the favorite after Brees Hall goes down. And you got Metcalf. You got, you got Lockett also. But they just played them three weeks ago. It's a revenge spot. You didn't have D-Hop there. You had the public hype coming in on Seattle where some people were like, they should be favored in this game. And I'm like, dude, this is the best spot to hammer the Cardinals. And I did. And then I ended up getting hammered, Kenny. It was not a good time watching that. Yeah, looking at like the betting market, you know, where the money was, the bets, uh, it, 
the Cardinals were the perfect spot. You know, you talk about the public being very high on the Seahawks. And yeah, you know, you got a, a road underdog, a uh, division road underdog, public hammering them. Uh, you, you talked about they played a couple weeks prior uh, and the Cardinals were favored here. It just made all the sense to take Arizona Cardinals. And honestly, Cliff Kingsbury it needs to be held accountable. He never will I put my money on them. I can't. I, after watching that game, I was saying to myself, I cannot bet on this team again. You have the first drive. DeAndre Hopkins is getting fed the ball. He hits like two catches for 26 yards, finishes the game with four catches for 34 yards. Are you kidding me? Uh, especially after you saw what he did the previous two weeks coming back from suspension, just throw the guy the ball. Like the offense became so stale in the second half. Like they have negative one yard with like three minutes to go in the third quarter, just give DeAndre Hopkins the ball, throw it up to him, let him do something, you know, because he will make it happen. Um, yeah, Cliff Kingsbury has to go, in my opinion. I mean, dude, you're looking at it now. They're one and nine in their last 10 home games. They're 10 and 19 at home versus uh, with Kingsbury uh, during Kingsbury's tenure. And look, Arizona right. isn't exactly Lambeau and Arrowhead, but it's still you're playing at home, and that's an abysmal record. And also, what was the thing? I know you definitely have uh, probably seen these being uh, someone that takes sports betting seriously. His record September, October was always like, wow, this guy is you, – you bet on the Cardinals early. Come November, December, you start fading them. And now they're already in the spot where you want to fade them, and they got to start coming up with these wins or else – it's going to end ugly in Arizona. Yeah, I, I mean, you, you look at the team and probably their ex, where their expectations were. I think it's already ugly for Arizona, uh, what yeah. we're seeing. Especially yesterday, like even, I think it was a, a, a three-point game at this point. The, the Cardinals had the Seahawks in like a 39, and they're dialing up a, an all-out blitz. Geno Smith's running untouched up the field for 30 yards. I'm sitting there thinking, like, what are we doing here? What kind of play call is that? They got beat the whole game by the same play, the little tight end leaking out in the flats. How do you know adjustments to stop that? Like, it's not hard. I, you know, I'm sure you you play Madden. Like, we know what adjustments to make to stop those things. Like, you're telling me the Cardinals coaching staff doesn't know how to stop that? Like, come on. I mean, it seems like they don't, right? And then as you're looking at this game right here coming up for them, a little look ahead. This is the worst spot for Arizona to be in. One in 10 is Kingsbury against McVay and the Rams. Yeah. And this is, uh, you know, to use the wrestling term, I always like, it's around the time of the year where it's like, yo, this is a loser leaves town match. And whoever loses this game is probably not going to be in the playoff picture. And just looking ahead, you got the Rams uh, playing the Cardinals. And look, we just saw Frank Wright get let go, which I've, I felt personally like he was drawing dead, Kenny. Because last year, when you lose that game to the Jaguars as a double-digit favorite against a team that was going for the number one pick, pretty much, they had nothing to play for. And yeah, I know that they've owned you in the past. I think since 2014, the Colts haven't won in Jacksonville. But dude, this is for your season, for a chance to make the playoffs. And you drop that game. I felt like it was a fireable offense there. And if he came out the gate slow, I thought he was an interesting first coach fired candidate coming into this year. And they let him go. And I think it was just justified, dude, because it was inevitable that they would do that. Yeah, um, I totally agree with you. After losing that game to the Jaguars to get into the playoffs, he should have been gone. But I think what happened was they used Wentz as the scapegoat there, right? Exactly. Um, you know, he had a couple bad picks in that game. And 
I think that's what they kind of put the blame on where they probably should have just cleaned house and got rid of the coaching staff and Wentz and just, uh, you know, kind of started from not, not square one because they have a very nice team with Jonathan Taylor. The defense is elite. Like we've seen like the Colts defense is keeping them in almost every game this year. Um, aside from yesterday, they got smoked by the Patriots, but we kind of figured that would happen. Bill Belichick always, always dominates, you know, young quarterbacks. So, uh, you know, you talk about a down year for the Patriots, but still Bill Belichick's defense is going to cause havoc for those young quarterbacks that haven't seen it, don't know what to expect. And we saw it yesterday play out with, with when, when they beat down the Colts. But yeah, I, I, that leads to to one of my favorite things this week. I love the Colts this week. Talked about it last week when I said I love the Jets. I absolutely love the Colts this week. The Colts are playing the Raiders, right? Raiders, yep. The line's up to uh, six and a half right now. I'm, I'm hoping it goes to seven, seven and a half. Uh, I, I love teams when they're coming off a like a big blowout. Uh, you know, so we just saw them lose by, I think, what they lose by, like 23 points, something like that, to the Patriots. So love riding teams coming off where they're getting, where they got blown out the week prior, just because we see it, you know, every week. It's any given Sunday. Things change week to week. But the perceived notion is, oh, wow, the Colts just got smoked. They're probably going to get smoked again. The Colts just fired their coach. Uh, you know they're they're in shambles right now. Fade the Colts, but actually one of the it's a very good betting angle is when teams fire their coach the following week. They actually usually rise to the occasion and uh, play pretty well. That's one of the angles I like to ride when they fire a coach. Uh, I think we saw it this year with the Panthers, right? Yeah, and also last year when uh, Basaccia came in for the Raiders, they kind of went on a little yep. bit of a win streak too. Uh, yeah, it's interesting, man. Anytime you let go of a coach, I do think. You see it a lot more in the NBA, too. Like, I'll never forget that year that the Nets fired one of their coaches and, like, Lawrence Frank. I'm, it is, like, way, like, the, the mid-2000s. He ended up winning, like, 14 straight games in a row, and then all of a sudden he goes from interim to the head coach. But you see it in the NFL also. The last 33 teams that fired their head coach in the regular season since 2003, they are 15 and 18 straight up. However, they are 18 and 15 against the spread. So I do think that this is going to be something where they might get up for this game because it's also like your season is on the line, right? You drop this game, then after that, it's you're looking at some of the contracts too if you're the Colts. I know Chris Ballard is on the hot seat as well also. But I don't want to talk about the Colts anymore, man. There's a team that we're not going to be right, seeing yeah. moving forward. I do, <laughs> I do, again, and I mentioned it before, I do got to give you some props, dude, with that Jets call. And I'm going to tie two things into it. One, I have a question for you. As someone that takes this sports betting stuff really serious, how, how often do you make bets like Monday or Tuesday? Or are you someone that makes your bets on Sunday? Like when, when is it that you're saying to yourself, you know what, I got to come in on this game? Because you mentioned them as a 14-point underdog when we were doing the show last week. And you were like, yo, are you crazy? How are you not taking that? Like that's a layup. And then you text me in the middle of the week. You're like, fuck, dude. It's minus 11 and a half. Still would have covered. Right. But when yeah. when do you go into betting on a certain game? So there's a couple of things that factor into it. Uh, you know, one, what is the like, how strongly do I feel in the game? Obviously, right. Like if I know no matter what, I'm going to bet this, I'll take it early in the week if I think that's the best line that I'm going to get. But let's say there's like um, maybe like an injury story going on or something like that. And I think maybe. Uh, you know, I kind of want to wait and see how it plays out. Like, 
trying to think of a, of a good example, a real life example to give you, but nothing's coming to the top of my head. But yeah, like it, there's a lot of factors that go in, like, uh, uh, you know, obviously the injury situation, w- what's that like for either team, right? Like, let's say I'll use the Jets, maybe Zach Wilson was up in the air. Is he going to play? That would probably make me lean towards waiting and seeing how that plays out, because if they announced him out, I probably would have got a better line, right? Yeah, that totally makes sense. With Zach Wilson, though, like, would it even matter if he was out, dude? <laughs> no, but I, that was a bad example. I was just trying to give you an example of, like, what could, how it could change, like, and what would make me say, I'm going to fire right now or I'm going to wait. Um, you know, earlier in the season when the Ravens played the Bills, that line opened up at three and a half. I knew no matter what, I was betting the Ravens in that spot. Um, so I said, hey, three and a half, you know, I'm above that key number three here. Uh, I'm going to jump on it right now. Took it at three and a half. They end up losing the game by three. And I think the line may have closed at two and a half or three. I forget what it closed at. Um, But I know if you jumped in early, you were a winner. If you waited, you were a loser. So like a spot like that, if I know no matter what I'm taking it, I'll jump in, especially if the line is at a key line, like a three and a half or 14 and a half, 10 and a half, something like that, where it could drop below a key number and and you don't want to take it there. Well, I think a good example might be this week looking ahead, right? Josh Allen got a little banged up. They're worried about his arm. He might rest this week. Not not the game on Sunday, but in practice, they might ease it up a little bit. And they're coming off a game with the Jets. They're a seven-point favorite now against Minnesota on Sunday. Minnesota's riding hot. We'll get to them in just a second. But this would be one of those situations where you would have to decide if you're coming in now. Like if you're on Minnesota, maybe you come in on them now because if Josh Allen gets ruled out, there probably might be a pick them. Like what would be the drop off for you if, if they would come out and say Josh Allen ain't playing Sunday? You think it would drop? You think Josh Allen's worth seven? He might be worth more, bro. <sighs> Yeah, I, I don't know. So um, so here's the thing, right? In my opinion, right now, there's not a team that's more reliant on their starting quarterback than him. I know some people might say, right. might some people might say Jalen Hurts, and yeah, I would say so. Lamar Jackson. Lamar's a good one too. Yeah, yeah, Lamar. You're right. But like he's if Lamar's not on the rate. <laughs> yeah, but hold on though. Let, let me push back a little bit. We've seen Huntley. And Huntley's been pretty solid, right? Case Keenum is the quarterback for Buffalo. That's a huge drop-off. Yeah, but I mean, look, just look at last year. The Ravens were like 1-2 in the AFC when before Lamar gets injured. He gets injured. They don't even – I don't. they didn't make the playoffs last year. Yeah. You know, they completely yeah. implode, um, even with Huntley. And Huntley had them in games. He kept – you know, they were covering, but uh, they weren't winning. Um, so – but you're right. Yeah. Josh Allen, if he, if he's announced out, yeah, I would think maybe the Bills probably at like maybe a, a one, two point favorite, maybe, uh, especially because they're home in that game. But, but a game like that, I, I like to look at, I would wait on a game because that's such a high profile game that I think if fading the public in that spot, like really seeing where the money is, where's the action in that game, that really matters a lot in those situations. Like just look at this past weekend in the college game where you had Tennessee playing Georgia, the number one team on the road getting 10. So all the bets, like, you know, I saw a couple uh, guys who run some sports books out in Vegas tweet out, like this is maybe, it's definitely the biggest liability for us on the week, but it might be the biggest liability for them on the season as far as how bad they needed Georgia because there was just so much action coming in on Tennessee. And, you know, look what happens. Georgia (laughs) steamrolls Tennessee. 
So I, I think this, that's a similar spot where like, let's say everyone, you know, cause the, you, you talked about the Vikings are coming in hot too, right? They're one loss team. Um, you know, they just pulled out a, a big comeback victory over the commanders uh, uh, yesterday on Sunday. So if everyone is hammering, I don't see it happening because the bills are such a public team, but let's say everyone is betting the Vikings there as a road dog. I'm unloading on Josh Allen and the bills uh, at home there. You also got some Case Keenum revenge. I'm a sucker for revenge games, bro. They did, yeah. <laughs> they, did, yo, they did Case Keenum kind of dirty, right? Like he takes them to the NFC title game and then they just let him go bring in Kirk Cousins. And yeah, some people at the time were saying, is it really an upgrade? I felt like it was an upgrade. Kirk Cousins gets a lot of heat and rightfully so because there are many circumstances in the past where he just doesn't deliver in a big spot. And it kind of segues into one of the conversations I definitely wanted to have with you. Buffalo, Kansas City, top two in the AFC. And then you got Philly and Minnesota, top two in the NFC. Excluding Philly mm -hmm. because they're undefeated. And also, I personally can't find any holes in their team as long as everyone's healthy. And right now, they're the least injured team in the NFL per a lot of like these football outsider charts that rank how many games your starters miss. Philly is like number one by a long shot. Dude, is it fair to say that all three of these teams... Kansas City, Buffalo, and Minnesota, they got some fatal flaws, bro. And I feel like I saw them come out in week nine. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I even may have may have talked about it last week. Like, how often do we see a team really run through the season just, you know, flawlessly? And, you know, obviously the Patriots a couple of years ago when, when they were almost undefeated. But it's not often you see a team start out from start to finish and just dominate all the way through. Um, looking in the AFC side, I really, I really like the Ravens this year. Uh, especially when you look at the odds, like the odds are kind of weird because even when they were going through that, that rough patch a couple weeks ago where they were, you know, blowing leads and they just didn't look good. The offense looked bad. Uh, they were still like the third, fourth option in the AFC as far as to, to win the AFC championship, to get to the Super Bowl. So, I, you know, they get Ro Roquan Smith, uh, you know, there's talks. Maybe they get Odell Beckham. You know, I know he's saying the Chiefs or so many. He's all over the place. But let's say they get an Odell Beckham. Now you give Lamar Jackson an elite receiver uh, to throw the ball to. I, I really. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I feel like the Ravens in the AFC, man. Yeah. Yeah. The only concern I have with them is that th this was the perfect team to play with a big lead and they've just blown so many big leads, which is so weird because when they're up, you don't want to play Baltimore. 
when they're down, right. it's, all right, man, I got to turn this game off. They're not coming back. I think Lamar has two comeback victories when he's down 10. I think he's like 2-12 and 12 in his career. Baltimore is interesting. And now with Roquan Smith coming in, they're getting a couple players back healthy. Though tonight is a rough spot. You know, at the time of recording, it's prior to this game. But like, no, you know, Bateman is out now, I believe, for the year. That's why the Odell thing would be interesting if they could get him. Yeah. Mark Andrews out, the running backs too. They're a team that I definitely have my eye on. They're 16 to 1 in many places to win the Super Bowl. They're 8 to 1 to win the conference. I still feel I, I feel the best about Kansas City because of the pedigree there. But also Mahomes threw the ball, what, over 65 times against Tennessee yesterday? And I know that's how you want to attack the Titans is through the air. But man, Kansas City and Buffalo, they can't run the ball to save their lives. And that's gonna come back to haunt them, dude. No, for sure. And especially with the Chiefs, like their defense is not as strong, right? Like the Bills, right. at least their defense, can kind of keep them in some games. The Chiefs' defense is a liability. Like, you know, I, I know the Titans didn't put up a ton of points last night, but the Titans' offense with Malik Willis, they were missing a couple receivers. Like, it's pretty much Derrick Henry or bust, you know? So the, the fact that they even put up as many points as they did is, is still kind of scary right like you know all you got to do is stack the box and contain derrick henry and you're going to stop that offense but in malik willis he, he didn't even complete a pass to a wide receiver last night like when have you heard that in, in today's nfl uh game right insane i think kansas city converted 29 first downs and they got 29 first downs and tennessee got nine first downs and the game went into overtime what? with like two minutes left that's when the chiefs locked that game in dude right now best coach in the nfl mike Rabel. Prisoner of the moment, but yeah, he Mike Vrabel is. You even look what he did last year. Dude, prisoner of the moment, or is this a guy who has just completely overachieved what he's been dealt in, in Tennessee? They've made the playoffs, I believe, every year that he's been down there. It's basically, like you said, Derrick Henry or bust. Last year, what he did last year, their team decimated by injuries with the wide receivers. And this dude just continues to, he covers games, which is great for us as betters. He's becoming like the new like Mike Tomlin kind of where it's like, yo, Mike Vrabel in an underdog spot. You got to take him. They were winning that game. And you're looking at the roster. Yeah, Jeffrey Simmons is dope. Bird in the secondary is dope. But Bayard, I mean, wide receivers, it's Robert Woods. I'm a Robert Woods guy, but he's not starting on your fantasy team. Like they have no weapons and they're going into the, with this rookie yeah, quarterback. Man. And it's like, dude, Mike Vrabel. All things considered, I know I tweeted this out, how we're prisoners of the moment, like you said, but also it's such a ring-dominant conversation. Like, oh, you got to have a ring, right? Like Andy Reid was the best coach for two decades, but he didn't win a Super Bowl. And now it's like, all right, he got his ring. I feel like Mike Vrabel might be the best coach in the league, dude. If you could get him like a real quarterback and like a real like offense, what he's been doing, come on, man. Uh, I, I mean, again, I may be biased. I'm a Pats fan, but it's, you can't say anyone is better than Bill Belichick, right? I mean, it's just disrespectful. Hey, it's the same coaching tree, right? He's a he's a Belichick disciple. No, yeah, and, and you're absolutely right, though. He he is he is constantly overachieving. Like even last year when Derrick Henry went down, everyone was writing the Titans off. Like, oh, they're pretty much done. No Derrick Henry. How are they going to score? Yeah, and and I was saying how last year, around like week 17, he was 8-1 to one to win coach of the year, and they were the one seed. I was like, dude, there's no way it's not going to be him. Like, I don't want to hear about anyone else, no first-year coach, none of that. So he had no Julio. He had no A.J. Brown, no Derrick Henry for the majority, all three of them at the same time. And they were just winning these games, and you just couldn't understand it. So 
I feel like Vrabel is definitely a guy that deserves his flowers, man. And and I think he's a he's definitely a top five coach in the league right now. Number one might be a stretch. You're right. I might be, you know, prisoner in the moment. They covered yesterday. But, man, you got to show this guy some love with, with what he's doing. No, 100%. Top five, I'll give you that, definitely. The, the one thing I will say, too, though, is sometimes we get caught up in, like, looking at the lines and kind of just basing everything off of that, right? Like, if they're a big, un- like last night, a 14-point underdog, and we look, they cover, they, they keep the game close, and we're like, oh, wow, Tennessee, you know, really did something special here. But I think they're overlooked, and they're not a very sexy public team. Like, the public, for whatever reason, is kind of, you know, always on, against them. I think it's just because their defense, right? The, the defense is elite. They, they don't get talked about enough. That defense that Mike Rabel, you know, whether it's his coaching, whether it's the players and the talent, it's everything. It's the system, right? Uh, they're very good, and I think they're very, very underrated. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. Like, outside of Jeffrey Simmons and Bayard, like I mentioned, they have a lot of guys that are good, good football players. They're just not household names. Right. Week 10, look ahead. Is there anything that jumps off the page to you as we start to wind down? Last week, you were on some games. My favorite bet of the year so far was the Bengals minus seven. I had bet that the moment I saw that line, I was like, yo, there's no way. Like, Carolina, I know they're coming off the the Tampa game a couple weeks ago. Nail biter against Atlanta. Back-to-back games they covered. We saw the Bengals. I know how you said you love betting on primetime games. Like, you'd be even way more successful if you just bet on primetime games because you have a nice edge. Dude, if I only bet on games in which I saw a good team in a primetime spot get shitted on, oh, I'd have a mansion right now, Kenny. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's why I said, like, the primetime, no matter what, like, even last night, Thursday night, the Texans, 14-point dogs. Everyone's looking at thinking, and how are the Texans even going to score here to, to keep this in within 14? And I said it on the Instagram live that I do before every primetime game. Listen, guys, this is a game where I don't have an answer for you. Like you're asking me, how are they going to score? How are they going to stay in the game? It's an ugly game. You got to hold your nose and take it. But Vegas knows that line is like the Eagles should have been a way bigger favorite there. You know, the public pounding the Eagles. Uh, all you were talk- heard all week is the Eagles first half. It's one of the best bets you can make. And, you know, the Texans come out and they cover the first half. They cover the game. Um, they, you know, they were right into the end there. So, yeah, I, I just think in, in those primetime spots, like I said last week, you just have a, a much bigger edge if you have the information, access to the information. Can I give you one that stands out to me for week 10? Well, Packers catching five points at home, man. <sighs> I get it coming off the loss to the lions. I understand like everyone's probably like, this is the low, low for the Packers, right? Like this is probably where the buy time probably is, but I don't know, man, they just look bad. This look real bad. Like how many times are they in, 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 you know, first in goal yesterday, Rogers throws a pick. Uh, he just doesn't look the same this year to me. And I, and I know the offense is not the same. The receiver, the receiver talent is not there. But still, like we've seen Aaron Rodgers in the past with some shitty receivers, and he's still a bad man uh, on the football field. But this year, it just looks different to me. I don't know, at least from my perspective. Listen, man, we don't need it to happen for eight weeks, but this week, there's <laughs> one, there's one game. So, so let, let, let's talk about this too, right? They're playing Dallas, coming off a bye, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody is saying they can compete in the NFC. I've seen some people tweet out that they're still a good bet in division. Potentially because Philly 
yeah, their schedule isn't that heavy, but they got to go into Dallas to play. They got to play the Giants twice, who the Giants have been able to give Jalen Hurts some issues in the past. Again, new team, new circumstances. I totally understand. But like you said, you're not going to see Philly's going to stumble somewhere because they're just not going to run the table. <clears throat> and then you look at Green Bay. Everyone's off Green Bay. They got some guys injured. They're at home. One last stand for the OG, like you said, catching points at home. When are we going to get that again with Aaron Rodgers, dude? I think it's the perfect storm to take the Packers this week. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to sit that one out. I'll let, you, I'll, I'll let you go in on that one alone. Especially the, the Cowboys, man. The Cowboys offense is, is still pretty good mm. uh, coming off the bye week, like you said. Just a tough spot. Um, there's some other games I think you have a better, a better edge on. Like I love the Panthers this week. Uh, at home, especially, you know, the way they lost that game a couple weeks ago where yeah, DJ Moore make that crazy catch. And then the, the, we talked about it last week, take the helmet off, you, you know, how quick you went from hero to zero and then, you know, quick turnaround. They're playing them again, very similar to that Cardinal spot we, we talked about earlier. So I, I like the Panthers a lot this week. I think the Bucks, uh, I love the Buccaneers this week playing the Seahawks. We talked about it before the Seahawks very over overvalued right now by public and square betters. This is a perfect spot to take the Buccaneers at home as a short favorite right now. You can get it under a field goal. So I would definitely jump on that before that ticks up to three. They're not at home. They're playing in, they're playing in Munich. Oh, really? Really? It's the last international game. Yeah. Because I felt the same way you did. I was ready to pull the trigger on them, minus two and a half and a lot of books out here. I'm like, dude, there's no way. Like, come on. I'm about to – whatever is left in <laughs> yeah. all, all of my accounts, I'm putting it on Tampa Bay. And then I remember watching a post-interview, post, uh, and they're okay. saying how they're going to be leaving to go to Germany and how, like, the commute, right? Seattle coming from the West Coast, it's like an additional six-hour travel to get to Munich. And then you're looking at Tampa leaving from there. And I was like, oh, my God, I wish this game was at home, bro, as opposed to them being in Munich. And, yo, those international games are always funky, dude. You can't trust them. Yeah, they, they are. They're a little tougher to handicap for sure because, you know, there's a lot more variables. You don't know how these guys are going to adjust to the time difference. You know, new country. Maybe they're out partying, doing something different, uh, taking in the sights. So they are, they are harder to handicap for sure. But I still, regardless, I, I love that spot for Tampa. Um especially under a field goal. Like I, I just think perfect spot for the Bucs. I talked about it last week. I love the Buccaneers coming down towards the end of the season. I think in the NFC, they're one of the best bets you can make to make the Super Bowl. The NFC super weak. Uh, the Buccaneers defense is elite. Like the offense hasn't gotten it going yet. We saw maybe, maybe the fourth quarter yesterday is going to light a fire under them and get things going for them. But that defense is really, really good. Listen, man. Nine to one still in many places to win the NFC. It was it was uh, ten to one last week, right? I think when I gave it out. Yeah, yeah, and look. Yeah, so listen, you you want to get you want to get funky? Eighty four to one. Ravens Bucks Super Bowl. It's your two squads. Uh, before the season, that was my Super Bowl pick. I, I thought it was a little tough because you look at the AFC. We, you know, everyone says it. The AFC is the tough part, like the Bills, the Chiefs. You got all these good teams. The Ravens do worry me a little bit to get there, especially when you, you talk about you know Lamar's struggles in the playoffs. But I just I really like that team. So yeah, eighty four to one. I, I don't hate that at all. What do you have in front of you? What is the Chiefs uh, Bucks? Chiefs Bucks is thirty eight to one. I like that too. Little rematch. Yeah, I think Mahomes would take it. If there's a rematch, I think he, Mahomes would take that one. 
I mean, you saw what happened when they went in there earlier this year. That was a that was a good spot too that I was on also because you just knew, man. It was a revenge spot and also it was different circumstances. Listen, man, I, I I agree with you. I think Tom Brady now has nothing else to play for, has no other distractions than this. Like, dude, you you lost your family over this. You can't not make the playoffs and not make a run, right? Like. <laughs> Come on, man. This guy is fully locked in now. Like, I really think you're looking at their schedule. I got their schedule right now. So they got they got Seattle. Then, obviously, they're taking the bye week. Then they're at the Browns. I believe that's when... That's still right before Deshaun Watson comes back. Or it might be when they'll, they'll face Watson. Then you got Holmes. Right. So I think it's the week after is is when they play, okay. the, they play the Bucks. So they got at Browns, home Saints... At Niners, going to be tough. Home Bengals, at Cardinals. Home Panthers, at Falcons. It's not, not, that's a pretty favorable schedule if you ask me. Yeah, it's it's super light. I mean, look at the division. Their division is very weak. Uh, coming into this season, I think they had the 10th easiest projected strength of schedule. So, yeah, it's, it's setting up perfectly for them to kind of do what they did uh, the year they won it, where they just, you know, they struggle to start the year. They figure things out and they just get on a roll coming into playoffs. And we see it year in, year out. You don't want the team that's hot in the beginning because they're going to fade towards the end of the season. Like it happens every single year, unless you're, you know, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs or, or you know, a really elite talented team uh, that, that can kind of endure the whole season but yeah I, I love the Buccaneers especially with the value that they have uh 10 to 1 9 to 1 depending where, you, where you're betting I mean dude and, and to add to that I also think like being healthy too right you saw last year the mm-hmm. Bengals the Bengals got hot like this time last year no one was talking about Cincinnati as being a Super Bowl contender and then they go no, on those no they end the last three games of the year with that statement win against Kansas City that statement win against Baltimore and all of a sudden you're like Yo, Cincinnati could with Burrow and the weapons. And then if you look at it, it's Brady. Obviously, we know about Brady, but they also got a plethora of weapons too. So I, I'm I feel like you swung me on Tampa Bay, dude. Cause I, I'm I'm still locked into San Francisco. I still love San Francisco. And that's the last thing that I'll mention for for this episode, previewing week 10 a little bit. The look ahead on this one, San Francisco was a three-point favorite against the Chargers in San Francisco. Now they're a seven-point favorite. Herbert catching points is always going to be enticing to me. Yeah, and fading Shanahan as a favorite. Uh, You know, he's one of the worst, least profitable coaches as a favorite against the spread. So um, he's a little worse when he's on the road. The Niners are home in that one, right? Yeah. Yeah, so so the, the 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 trend fading Shanahan as a favorite is a little bit more profitable on the road, but still, I mean Herbert, you talked about it. The only thing that worries me is I think he's just hurt, man. He just doesn't look just doesn't look the same. Uh, on one of the other shows I do, one of the producers is actually like friends with Justin Herbert, like one of his friends is boys with Herbert, and he was telling me like, dude, this guy's hurt, man. Like so, yesterday I took uh, I cashed in. I took Justin Herbert under longest completion props. Uh, that cash, I think it was under 37 and a half yards. Didn't even get close. He had 25 was his longest completion. So you look at the last few weeks since he, he got hurt, man, that, that rib injury with no cartilage on your ribs, especially as a quarterback, having to move around back there, throw the ball could really affect you. So, uh, that's the only thing that worries me in that spot. Listen, man, as someone who was super invested in their futures from the beginning of the year, I almost burned the tickets a couple of weeks ago. Every time he gets hit, I'm like, oh boy, that's it. Because, you know, it's like the rib injury and you're just waiting to see, like, 
worst case scenario with them. So it's going to be interesting, man, for sure. I do want to wrap up the show by thanking you once again for coming on. Uh, and also tell the people where they can find you and also this this uh, little contest that you got cooking up, dude. Yeah, so you can find me uh, Instagram, Twitter, at KennyBetsBig is my handle. And uh, currently running, it's uh, going to be a four-week NFL Pick'em contest. So it's going to start this week, Sunday, week 10. And I'm going to do it where everyone that enters, you pick five picks every week against the spread. Whoever has the best record uh, after four weeks wins $1,000. Um, obviously, if there's like two people tied or something, um, got to split it, figure it out that way. But it's $9.95 to enter. So super cheap, very affordable. Uh, I want to make it as affordable as possible for everyone to get involved and have a chance to win some money. You know, Just a, a, a way for me to kind of give back to the community and my followers for supporting me. And you know, because without them, you know, I, w- I wouldn't be here. That's for sure. So, Hey, man, I love it. I'm in that contest as well. Uh, I'm always excited when there's a possibility to win money and also when it's a low amount of money to enter in order to win it. That always gets me excited. And uh, <laughs> every every month I like doing something for the Patreon members. So the members of the Patreon, uh, I'm going to cover five of their buy-ins. So five people from the Patreon, I'm going to pick out of a hat and I will get in touch with Kenny to figure it out, but I will cover your buy-in fee for this one as a thank you similar to what kenny said uh, a lot of things wouldn't be possible without the members of the patreon in particular and then also you know what i think i might do one for just any member of uh the vm family that listens to the podcast i'll, I'll probably put out a link and get like you know if 25 people retweeted one of those funky ones so i'll have uh i'll probably get like six entries out of me kenny that i'll be covering for your contest man i'm excited for it and uh i'll have the links up and I'm sure they could find it on your social media, like you mentioned. I'll have links to that as well. As far as I go, at NickDayas10 is where you can find me. VeteransMinimum.com is you can find everything VM. And we will catch you guys later this week with two episodes of the podcast. There is going to be a UFC preview for the big event this weekend that I'm super excited for. And then there will also be the NFL preview for week 10. And we will catch you guys next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.